I'm Beth, for those of you who don't know me, um, and it's a pleasure to be able to bring you the message today. Hello to everybody online as well. Um, Christian's asked me today to finish his discipleship series um, that we've been learning about, and it's been great to learn all about being a disciple. Um, we have learnt so far how to grow as a disciple, and we have learnt how to become disciple makers. And I guess when we look at those things, we could just think, okay, so I've got to go home and I've got to spend time with God and I've got to grow as a disciple and then I can use my time with God to invest in my relationships outside of church um, and become disciple makers. And it seems very individual when we put it like that. Um, So why do we need other people to be disciples? Um, you know, our, our time is valuable, so why would we invest time growing relationships with people inside the church when we could be doing it outside the church? Um, so that is what I'm going to attempt to answer today, is why do we need to do discipleship together? Um, and then I'm going to give some practical um, ways that are pulled out of a passage in the Bible um, that can tell us how we can do discipleship together. Um, so that is the aim today. I'm going to apologise in advance um, that today may look a little bit like a L'Oreal advert. I have been told I'm not allowed to get my hair on this microphone. So if I'm doing this, I'm not showing up. <laughs> I am trying to keep the microphone clear um, and being told off from Dan at the back. <laughs> so please bear with me. Um, so... Has there ever been a time in your life when you have felt lonely? Yeah. Um, You know, when Tom and I met, um, who's sitting on his phone right now, that's not a very good husband thing to do right now, is it, really? That's that's shaming right there. Taking notes, taking notes, that's what he's doing. All right. Um, When Tom and I met, um, we... Sorry, you've put me off now. (laughs) Okay, yes, I remember what I was going to say. I went through a lot of transitions. You see, I was living in Liverpool at the time when Tom and I met, and I had to move back to the forest, and then we spent some time together there, and then we both moved to Gloucester together. And, you know, when you first move somewhere, you don't have any relationships with people, you don't have those deep friendships that you can rely on, And it can feel really lonely. And that was a time in my life that I felt quite lonely moving to Gloucester and not knowing anybody. Um, We've just been through a time of feeling lonely with COVID. You know, we weren't allowed to see anybody and there were restrictions in place. And that might have felt like a really lonely time. Loneliness is a problem in our culture. The Office for National Statistics did a survey pre-pandemic, so before we even had the issue of restrictions and lockdown, and they found that 45% of adults in England feel occasionally, sometimes, or often lonely. That's 25 million people in England, or to put it this way, nearly one in every two people in this room. Our culture has a problem with loneliness, and what... I found was more shocking. I don't know if it was just my general thinking of the age groups that would feel the loneliest, but the the ones that scored the age groups that scored the highest 
on occasionally lonely and sometimes feeling lonely, sorry, sometimes, often, and occasionally feeling lonely, were 16 to 34-year-olds. Now, that's a problem. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I'm not an expert. Maybe it's to do with technology um, and the whole culture of technology that's come in. Maybe it's to do with us being more aware of what's going on in the world and people feeling less safe to go out. I don't know. I am not an expert. I don't know why that is. But I know that there's a problem when the next generations of our society are the ones that are feeling the most lonely and disconnected in our society. Because that's only going to set a culture further along, isn't it? And I guess as a church, it's our job to be different. It's our job to set a different way of living. But why is it that when we're not spending time with other people in person, we have this feeling of loneliness? What is this feeling that's, you know, this bad feeling that we get? Why is it that we feel bad when we're not with people? Well, I think the answer to that is we're created that way. We're created to do life with people and to be in companionship. In Genesis 2, it says, sorry, in Genesis 2, we're given the account of how God makes humanity. And he makes Adam. And it says that he looks at Adam and he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper. Now, God didn't make a mistake when he made Adam. He didn't look at him and go, oh, no, I've, I've messed up. There's something missing. You know, God made Adam perfect. He made him in his very own image. But he made him with a need to be with other people. You know, it says that God looked at his creation and everything in his creation, he saw that it was good. But in this passage, we read that Adam wasn't good until he had someone else. We are created with a need to be with people and to do life together. And that includes our Christian life. That includes our Christian journey. That isn't any different. So, sorry. Now, I love that we have technology and I love that we have social media. Those of you who know me in the church will know that I'm always raving on about join our social media, like us. Um, I am a fan of social media and technology and all the ways it helps us connect with people. I think it's great for connecting with people that are really far away and keeping in touch with people. It's great for seeing how people um, are getting on in life and knowing what to pray for them for. It's a, it's a good thing, but there is a culture where technology and media have become a hindrance to real relationships. You see, we're told now that we don't have to leave the house to have community. And we're told that we can just build an online community and that will feel the same. But we know it doesn't feel the same. Those of us that had multiple Zoom calls and multiple meetups on, on Zoom during COVID know it's just not the same as real in-person relationships. Online relationships cannot be a substitute for real in-person relationships. 
We are created to be real, in-person relationships with each other. So, why do we do discipleship together? Because we're created to do life together. The second reason we do discipleship together is because it's how Jesus did it. And we like Jesus. We follow what Jesus did, generally. That's what we do. Um, so, you know, Jesus had crowds of people that were following him and listening to him. But he knew that he couldn't do discipleship like that. He knew that he needed to invest in a small group of 12 people. In John 3, verse 22, we see that Jesus takes his disciples into the countryside and spends time hanging out, hanging out with them. We see in Matthew 20 that Jesus takes them to one side for private conversations. We see that the disciples came privately to ask questions of Jesus in Matthew 17. Jesus' example to us of discipleship is a small group that he ate with, he traveled with, he hung out with, and he did life with. It was based on true, meaningful, trusting relationships. So Jesus teaches us that discipleship can't be done by just turning up on a Sunday you know, and being taught alongside a hundred other people or however many people are in this room. We need small, committed groups that we can share life together with, that we can be honest and open with. Now, I wonder what C3 ministry Christians tried to um, get me to talk about today. <laughs> Anyone got a guess? <laughs> Um, connect groups, if, if you weren't on board with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have connect groups in our church, um, and we really love for people to get invested in those because this is the way that Jesus did discipleship. It's the way that we see um, he taught and that we follow that way. So why do we do discipleship together? Because we are created to be together and because Jesus taught us to do discipleship in that way. But you know, discipleship didn't just stop with Jesus. Christians have been talking to us about being disciple makers and the great commission that Jesus gave to the disciples to go and make disciples, and so on, and so on. And we get to this point in Acts where this has been happening, and we can see it in the early church. And they carry on discipling as a group together. In Acts 2, verse 42 to 47, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all, as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. 
You see, the early church saw such an importance of doing their Christian walk and life together that they spent every day together. Now, that might not be really realistic for us in this day and age. I'm not suggesting that you go and spend every day with a group of 12 people. <laughs> um, it's probably not a realistic thing. But it does show what a priority that should be in our lives, spending time with other people. Does it have a priority in my life? I was asking myself this question this week. Like, I haven't always seen meeting up with my connect group. Obviously, I'm a leader now, but in the past, meeting up with my connect group as my priority. You know, let's be honest. We've got other stuff in our lives, you know, that we want to do and that we need to do. You know, it is a time commitment to give your time to a group. Um, once a week or once a fortnight, whatever you do in your connect groups. And there's sometimes stuff that feels more important or more useful or more fun to be doing with our time. But if Jesus, with all the demands and things that he needed to do in his ministry, was willing to spend that time investing into 12 people, if the early church were willing to put aside their daily lives and see each other every single day, if I'm created to be in relationship with people and that is the way God has made me, then maybe it should take more of a priority in my life. So, why do we do discipleship together? Because we're created that way? Because Jesus did it that way? And because the early church gave us the example of living life that way? So we know we have, well, not have to, we know we, we're called to do life together as disciples. But how does that look? We've already talked about connect groups because they are obviously something where um, we are meeting with a small group of people seems that that is the obvious connection there. But what can we do in those groups and with other groups that we meet with um, that help us in our discipleship? And for that, I want to go back to this Acts passage. And I want to pull out some practical things that the early church did that I think would be useful for us. And our Connect leaders will hopefully... Um, not be surprised by the passage that's coming up because this is the stuff we're looking at as Connect leaders at the moment um, to try and incorporate into our Connect lives. So, firstly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to learning together. What is a disciple again? Anybody been listening this time? A learner, well done. <laughs> I don't know whether Angie should get that point. <laughs> Being the pastor. Uh, so, yes, they're a learner. So together we can learn more how to be like Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives. We can learn more about the word of God and how to apply that to our lives. And yes, that's something we could do on our own. We could go home and do some exegesis and study the Bible 
But there's just so much more value in learning together. You know, I've been doing a theology course, and I am with a group of students that are from completely different backgrounds, completely different denominations, different views. And you know what? It's so humbling to be able to study alongside people that don't have the same opinion as you. Because you can really grow and learn to listen to other people and learn to really think about, well, what is it I believe and why do I believe that? And that is what can happen in our connect groups. You know, it's okay not to agree on everything. That's what brings value to us. Listening to other people's ideas. Applying them to our lives and seeing how they fit with us. Being able to be challenged about what we truly believe. Those are the things we can get by going to a connect group. And let's, as a connect group, be um, creating opportunities for that. Secondly, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, fellowship is what my dad would call a Christianese word. Because outside of the church, it doesn't really get used. But it basically just means they hung out together. <laughs> and they enjoyed spending time together. And you know, that is so important. Because people don't just meet people and open up about their lives. That's not the way it works. When I met Tom, I didn't go up to him and just go, do you know what? I am not a morning person. And I really hate it when things aren't organized and there's not a plan. And I get really grumpy when I haven't eaten. You know, those were things that Tom got to find out about me <laughs> as we <laughs> spent time together. You know, when we first got together, we had to invest time and commit to each other so that we could grow that relationship. And it's got to be the same in our connect groups. If we want people to feel that they can be open and honest, it has to start with being committed to growing relationships with those people and spending time with those people. So, connect groups can be a place for learning. They can be a place where we can invest in our relationships and grow our relationships so we can be open and honest. Thirdly, they worship together. They not only went to the temple together or in our, our day and age Sunday service together, but they broke bread and they prayed together in their homes. Worship doesn't have to just be done on a Sunday with a band. It can be done with a backing track. It can be done with a guitar in the background. It can be done with nothing at all. You know, we can worship together in our connect groups and meet with God in our connect groups. It can look like praying together. It can look like taking communion with our connect group. So let's be intentional about creating opportunities to worship together in our connect groups. Fourthly, everyone was filled with awe at the signs and wonders that were being performed. They were encouraged. They were seeing God at work, and that was encouraging them in their faith. You know, 
the other day in our connect group, don't worry, I've got permission to talk about Katie, um, we were praying for Katie and she um, had this situation where um, her current flatmate was moving out and she needed someone to move in with her um, so that they could help share the bills because obviously the bills double when there's only one of you. And two weeks later, we're celebrating that she's found that person and that the final paperwork's going through. And you know, that might seem like a really ordinary life thing, but for us as a connect group, we could see God in it. We could see that God had answered our prayers and found the right person to move in with Katie. And that's so encouraging. When God answers prayer, it's encouraging. It builds our faith. So we can be encouraged in our connect groups and we can believe for God to answer prayer in our connect group. Finally, they were missional. They gave to those in need. You know, our, disi- our discipleship together in our connect groups doesn't have to just be inward looking. It can also be looking outward. It can be seeing a need and thinking, how are we going to meet that need together? It can be offering our time together to charities or to help people. The possibilities are endless. But we can do mission together as our connect group. And Jesus, uh, sorry, God added to their numbers. God can reach people through our small groups. You know, it can, he can equip us to be able to do our day-to-day lives and being more like him so that people see Jesus in us. But also, we can invite people to our connect groups. We can invite people to come and join us for socials, to see those people that have something different about them. We can uh, invite them to join us in our normal connect groups so that they can really see how Jesus makes a difference in people's lives. You know, people seeing how Jesus is personally working in individual lives is a much more effective way of people getting to know what Jesus does and being told by us at the front. So, we can learn together. We can do fellowship together. We can worship together. We can encourage um, each other and we can be encouraged And we can do mission together. Why do we do discipleship together? Because we're created to do it together. Because Jesus did it that way. And because the early church set an example for us to do it that way. So, how can we respond to this message today? Well, firstly, to be a disciple we need to give our lives to following him. So if we haven't done that, the first thing we need to do is give our lives to Jesus, to enter a life-changing relationship with him. And in a minute, I'm going to pray a prayer that if you want the opportunity to do that, then you'll have that opportunity to do that. But for those of us who have already made that commitment, maybe today is the day that you respond by thinking, actually, maybe I need to get involved in a connect group so that I can do my journey alongside other people. And if that's you, then there's a practical thing for you to do today in that you can go and talk to Christian and Angie and they will find the perfect place for you to be.
Maybe today God is asking you to choose to make your connect group a bit more of a priority in your life. Maybe you've been challenged by the way the early church did life together and the way that Jesus did life with his disciples. And you want to commit to being there to walk with your connect group and to do life with your connect group. Or maybe today you feel challenged to do something new in your connect group. Maybe one of those categories, I know I as a leader definitely don't think my connect group fill all these categories and we could be doing so much more. Um, So maybe that's you. Maybe like, I want to go and do more of these things in our connect groups. And if if you follow the connect notes um, in your groups, then I have basically set out some questions to help you think about how can you apply those things more in your connect group? What can you be doing? 